Hi and welcome to Mokta Talk Series. In this talk, we've invited artist Ilan Kating to talk about crypto art, artist collaborations online and the digital art community. Ilan is based in Berlin and he currently makes non-figurative drawings, both digital and physical. Ilan occasionally collaborates with musicians doing live visual performances and installations. Enjoy the talk. Hi, hey, Hello. how are you doing? Hello. How's it going? I'm surprised I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, all right. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Five seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a chat. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us uh, this evening. I'm uh, speaking to Ilan, uh, artist, crypto artist, and um, we'll hear more about your background, what you do. I've been browsing your website and your social media accounts, so I have plenty of questions, but... <laughs> For you guys watching, if you'd like to share any comments, questions for us to talk through, please do um, just comment on the, on the side here and we'll, we'll talk about it. So yes, Ilan, how have you been? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> I, had a, I had a few uh, days where I was feeling a bit, uh, you know, unwell, but I have uh, recovered uh, pretty well. So you look good. I'm back online. Thank you. you I'm good. trying, you know, I'm uh, trying to be professional. I think it's good. I think it's good that, that, that this kind of thing, like there are so many really heartbreaking things that are mm -hmm. going on, but I think the kind of the universe balances things out in a weird way where there are also really positive things happening. Um, like as example of like, Oh, I'm in the kitchen it's so honest in a way, like it reveals yeah. us for who we are. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't have, I don't, it's hard to actually have all the words for the, these kinds of experiences of things that, um, that we, we just haven't experienced them before. So we're all sort of like, all mm. sort of like, Oh, I'm naked. I have no clothes. What am I going to do now? And I, I like that. I like that, that this whole process is revealing things that, that, we kind of avoided before. Mm -hmm. I think it's um, reducing a lot of barriers that we had or concepts that we had towards each other. So it is in a way more frank, you know, more direct. Um, right. Okay, so we've got a question coming through. Do you want to read it or shall I? Is it like cryptocurrency and blockchain where you can trace back the artistic process, like you trace back transactions? Um, yeah. I, I could see where that, I think that's, that can be, that can be true. I think it still requires a certain effort on the part of the artist to want to reveal all of those things, but also process is an, is an odd, an odd animal in my mind, because what goes on here is invisible. And I think what, when an artist is willing to really bear all in that sense, it's, that's much more, that's less about technology and more about the person wanting to pull those things out and bring them to the fore in different ways. So, I mean, the technology facilitates some of this, but it, it's not the answer completely. I think we, there's still a lot of it's here, here, and here. And, he, you know, it's very, the solutions are human still, in my mind. Yeah, we had a conversation <laughs> yesterday with uh, Massimo Franceschet about whether, um, showing the code of a work of art could be uh, enhancing the actual work or provide any further 
layer to what you're exhibiting in terms of the visual rendering. And there was an ongoing mm. discussion whether that is the case or not. So I'm actually curious to hear for, for you know, if anyone watching has opinions about that. Um, because oh, I, I definitely have an opinion about that. <laughs> <laughs> to me, sometimes the code looks beautiful in a way, mm. even though it's not meant to be exhibited you know what you are looking for is the final outcome or in a way that the you know that is the process um but yeah what's your opinion you <laughs> know <laughs> well I, I, I'll, before i continue uh, my question is do you have a familiarity with code and uh to some which, extent okay. to some extent so, so you understand if then else how a structure how a function is structured to okay. some extent, more or less. yes, <laughs> yeah. more or less. Well, yes. I mean, it's interesting because it's like when you go to a museum, you, you don't necessarily look at the brushes of the artist, you look at the painting, mm -hmm. right? You know, so um, uh, obviously a, a function, a chunk of code is a lot more complex to look at than a brush. Mm -hmm. But you also need to have the background uh, to understand what you're looking at. So, uh, uh, that's a problem I've struggled with throughout my 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 um, artistic or my yeah throughout my my, my how to explain my journey you know mm -hmm. is like what is what is that what is I mean I find I do find early on when I learned how to code I found that so fascinating that you just were you were writing kind of this weird sort of English to create something. Um, and that was sort of fascinating in a way, how you could manipulate this, this weird, very structured material to say something very abstract or, um, I mean, whatever it was that you were making, you know, that was very interesting to me. Um, it, uh, so I think there's, I think the problem with that is if you, like, there's people who are, who do live coding events. So they, they code live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. You really need, you, <laughs> you really, I'm reading the comments. I mean, you really need to have the background to understand what that is. And, and I think maybe even art in a way, like the art world functions in, in a codified way that you also need to understand. You need to come at it with an understanding of, of the history of art, the context of the artist. There's so many things that you need to understand. It's no different in a way. Like you need to come mm -hmm. at it. You need to come, you need to come at it from an, from a point of being educated, from having invested time to learn that language. It's another language. But so, do you think I that mean, is needed? Like if you were going to exhibit it, you know, like the, no, the, I mean, <laughs> the rendering and the code, because it's been yeah, done I mean, already, you know, the, right. there's, there's been works Absolutely. where you had like the smart contract exhibited and the, the rendering. And, you know, right. I can see Gerg is actually in this chat. So I don't know if he has right. something to add on this topic. I'm, I'm um, looking, was it? But had, um, um, some analog but, people like me need a Rosetta Stone to translate code in simpler terms. I like that idea. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. that um, could be a solution. You know, that could be a way, at least, to to yeah. a form of translation. Although you know, right. you can mix different languages, and so that can become a bit more difficult, perhaps. <laughs> um, but I think, I mean, in a way, is the beauty of it, like the encryption of. You know, mm -hmm. you may be showing something simple, but there may be a lot of complexity behind 
and how right. we interpret that and value that. So in a way, I think showing the code, it could support the artist statement and it could right. support by giving value, adding value to something that, uh, you know, like digital art, sometimes it can be mm -hmm. um, less valued or devalued, you know, in mm -hmm. the more uh, contemporary art scene. Um, so I don't think it has yet uh, a presence of itself. You know, I think it's getting there, it's becoming more and more established as a form of art, although- I think, I think that the level of, of uh... It's funny, forget about talking about my art. <laughs> it's not interesting at all. It's much more interesting to have a conversation with you about, um, about art and, and the technology. I, I think there's two things. When, when someone goes to a museum and enters a gallery and looks at stuff, mm. I think there's a thing about, there's like this initial kind of reaction you have to something, whether you're educated or not, has the how does it touch you? You know, does, does the museum ask you that? Does the painting ask you that? You know, like, I think for me, there's like all these questions going into this that I, I want, I, I, I may not be looking for answers. I'm just looking, I'm looking for the answers in myself about what I'm, how I'm looking at the piece and what is it's tell, what it's telling me. So if I, I try to go to an art gallery or an art gallery or a museum, I try to go and I try to experience things without reading too much, just to see what, how, how does my, how do I react to that? Like, how, how do I respond to these things? Like, these are, I, I like these questions of like constant inquiry. I think that's what really what's about. If you go to a museum and you have all these preconceived notions about what's supposed to be and you, you read everything and, and then you just, you just kind of actually like cloud your own ability to process things, to trust your own sensibilities. Cause I think mm -hmm. we all do. Now I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say you shouldn't in, read about art and you shouldn't you know the curiosity is something I highly value like if you're curious read all that stuff you know but also have your own sense of what what what's value I mean if you look at something and say oh this will this painting put so for twenty thousand dollars it must be valuable because someone put a price tag on it but maybe maybe it actually is crap yeah it you. doesn't mean that to you. yeah 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 not, of not, course. Not, not to the world, but to you, maybe it just has no meaning. And, that, and I think that's, that's valuable. Like having an opinion is valuable. And once you, once you, once you say that's not valuable, I think you devalue the human being and the, you can't have a museum without people going through it, you know? So. Yeah, for know, sure. I mean, I know, my point. I, yeah, no, I agree with you. And um, I don't know. I sometimes enter museums and galleries without reading much about what I'm seeing and just mm -hmm. let it sink with me. And, um, and then probably later on the way out, reading a bit yeah. more about it. That's how um, I travel. That's how I travel generally. <laughs> I, go, I go to a place, I don't read anything about the place, and then I go and I go, oh, they have pizza. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. And then you try but and I, find out. Um, yeah, and I, think, I, but, think the, I think the code aspect of things is also interesting on that level because it, um, it, it requires a, a deeper sense of a deeper inquiry. And I do believe that you can actually explain code to people and say, this is what draws the line. This is what, uh, what creates this kind of haze. And this is what, this is the values that I use to create, you know, the matrix of this grid. And, and here's the mm -hmm. little thing that does that thing. And, and that's a mate that is 
totally valid and totally valuable. And I'm sure people want to do that. And I hope people do. But I also think those decisions that people make separate from the coding, like the coding is just the tool. And then the person makes decisions. And even with AI or so-called AI, uh, hold on. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That, sorry, I'm just going to respond to the mes message. Yes, it yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Maybe let's, let's um, I, I just read it because it, otherwise yeah. it won't okay. get recorded. Doesn't sharing the code allow code savvy people to reproduce mindlessly the work of art, thus reducing its intrinsic value? Well, it's the age of mechanical reproduction. Yes. Okay. Sure. Yes, that, that may do that. But we shouldn't say, I, I prefer personally like share the code, but, and if someone just reproduces the same thing, if you're a great artist and you have something to say and you said it first, wow, that's incredible. And I, I totally value people who've done this. Um, and if someone takes the code, the exact same code and renders out the same thing, people will, some people will actually know that. Some people won't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not important. I think, that, I think that not sharing the code is kind of like, I don't know, I don't, I don't understand. You've done it, so move on. Like go on, invent something new. Like uh, th there's endless combinations of re and recombinations of that code. And also it allows someone else who has ideas to go and modify that code to make new things. To so me, it's, like, it's um, almost like saying, I'm going to have a hammer and I'm going to build mm -hmm. like a chair and then I'm going to hide the hammer away and never show it to anyone because I want to have, no, 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 that's, you, that, we don't do that. So why should we do that with code? Okay. Someone says, I want to hear more about TXU totem artwork. Okay. Maybe okay, okay. And then um, Paradigm Rock says, a noble approach, by the way, it may be, maybe it serves a form of flattery. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love my face when I do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like a muppet. Anyway. I just wanted to add a little something that I came sure. across. And, oh, yeah, please um, do. My, you know, my understanding is that if somebody copies somebody else, great. I think it's, uh, it means that your work is valuable and has been liked or appreciated in a way uh, by others. Um, I just wanted to, to say that, for example, Andy Warhol based his all art on that, you know, just by saying these work wasn't made by me. And it was essentially copying uh, what it was seeing, you know, what was on the ads and um, putting things together. But most of his work wasn't original. Um, it was taken by somebody else. Um, yeah. So I think in a way, you need to have some talent even to do that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't be against uh, others copying. I think is actually it's, it's kind of like the scam artist, like or a person who does scams to make money. And you're like, when I think when I look at some people, the artistry that goes into scamming, uh, it's like, wow, like you're spending all this time doing this, inventing this way to get money, but what you're doing is actually kind of commendable because it takes a lot of work to do that in mm -hmm. a way so it's the same way as like <laughs> someone like finds a way to like make lots of money doing art i mean nah, i mean i guess it's questionable I mean, but it's, it's kind of interesting yeah. it's a process and it and it, it anything 
that's worth doing in my mind takes time mm -hmm. and effort. I, I can give another quick example still Perfect. about a new world. You know, there was this uh, picture image that was, um, that went around that Mark Leckie made. Um, that was actually a picture taken by Andy Warhol um, a while ago. And uh, it was something that he saw under a bridge in New York that said, Fiorucci made me hardcore. And that became sort of a manifesto uh, for the movements in the 80s, you know, the, the rave parties and stuff like that. And so Mark Leckie took that and that was a picture made by Andy Warhol of an artwork found under a bridge in New York yeah. done by somebody else, you know, a graffiti artist. So it's kind of like, who does he belong to? Right. You know, right. nobody does know who belongs it to. Um, no. So, you know, in a way, what is art? Who does it belong? Um, who is it made for? Uh, who makes it? And, you know, what's the purpose of it? So I think the old philosophy around um, copying art and sharing it is only that through communities you can actually have that dialogue. Of course, somebody will have to put a copyright on it and claim it and say, well, this is being made by me. So eventually somebody will, you know, uh, right. make money out of it, but um, which, you know, it can be questionable in terms of who owns what. Well, um, then there's a question of what's money and why do we have it? And, yeah. and who decides how much money there is in the world and who ha and how much money each person has and you know who gets it. it's that's a whole that's yeah. that's really like th these <laughs> these are deep deep questions that uh, mm -hmm. that they're, they're becoming more and more obvious now at the moment like yeah. never in this situation but i think in a way you know it makes sense with talking about crypto art as we are diving through um right. this right. you know it, you know it's sort of questioning who owns it and how do we share it and how we make sure it's protected. You know, if that picture mm -hmm. taken by Warhol in the 80s um, could have been on the blockchain, for example, would it still earn royalties out of it? I mean, we don't know. Right. No. Where do we want to go? You know, it's kind of like yeah, that's questioning. Yeah, Where do we want to go? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we can read some of the comments and questions. Yeah, let's, we go, got back. Through. let's go back a little um, bit. So, yeah. We, uh, Open source level, I completely agree. Noble approach maybe serves a form of flattery. Code is just a pro it seems like statements, but I'm totally, totally open to reading. Code is just a process of deciding and producing. If one looks at an artist painting something, one will see the production, not the why of decision. Okay. I, I generally like to look to, I, I wonder at people's motivations. In fact, it's very interesting to me. I think that's at the core of it. Like what is, what motivates you? What's your, what's your, as a friend of mine, Rodolfo, who's also known as Oficinas DK, would say, what's the intention? You know, what is your intention? Is your intention just to make money? Or is your intention to pull something out of you deep inside within you that you need to express? Like mm -hmm. sometimes the most, the things that come to me the most easily are the ones that, where there's like a real drive, like, has it's not attached to anything but the, just the need to get it out of my system you know like um like some of the works that i do i do them i do them because because i just need to do something <laughs> not because i need to make money but just because i need i need to, I need to do i need to do something <laughs> to get out of my system and then sometimes i need i have an idea i wake up in the morning and i go 
I have a vision. And I'm like, St. Paul, you know, like, ah, and I, just, <laughs> I need to get it. I, and it's very clear to me how to do it and why I'm doing it. And it just mm -hmm. goes. It's just like, it just flows like, bam, you know. And even though mm -hmm. nobody appreciates it, I feel a sense of accomplishment. And that's really valuable to me more than anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really important. Um, and I guess I'm also like as an artist, I'm always looking for motivations. You know, I'm like, it's the question and then the motivation. And, and so just bringing this story back to TXU Totem, which we someone asked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna ask you as well. So should I give you a little background on whole that? All yes, that, please, because I, I do have questions around <laughs> your work. And all my um, buddies are there. They're all like, yeah, come on. Come on, come on. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yes, I, please. I, I'm going to mess this up really badly, but I'll just try to go forward as possible. So TXU is a, a, a collective of seven artists. Um, I think Mattia mentioned them in, our, in, our, in his interview um, with you uh, or discussion with you. It's uh, Rodolfo Oficinas TK. Serena, Serious Take Two, um, Mattia, Mattia Product, um, and BlackBlocks.Arts, Sparrow. Did I miss anyone? I guess I got everybody. Uh, those were the people involved in this particular project. We have two, uh, two additional artists who are, who are in this group. Um, it's a Crypto Promo from Mexico, I believe. And just making sure, <laughs> someone goes Is like this, I'll know still... if I'm wrong. Is the group still going? Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. Is it still active? It's, it's yeah, oh yeah. Um, and then uh, and then Xcopy, okay. I, I'm familiar, I'm familiar with Xcopy. He, they are in this group, and we've been we've been we started out as three people, and it was uh, Mattia and Rodolfo and I, and we started a kind of a collaborative project together, um, and, uh, and I love the backing up of people. Oh no, no. <laughs> and then. Um, <laughs> And we did we did a collaboration where um, where Rodolfo Oficinas TK uh, had a map in his mind, and we all collaborated to to do different takes on that map, and then we shared those pieces to those pieces that map together. Like each of us did something based on that map that he had he had produced in his mind, and then we uh, we each of us made a version of it and then gifted it to the other person so that we could all like own one of them. And then also mm -hmm. sell our own copies of them, sell our own versions of them. And, uh, and that was the first incarnation of this small group of people, of three people. I think we were called can, like, yeah. Ken? I was, just, I was just asking if we could see um, some the sample works. of the work of the work. Oh, yes. I don't know how to do that right now, but we could do that uh, okay, in the show okay, notes sure. or whatever it's called. <laughs> Is <laughs> um, it available on the website? They're all on. I think there are several blog posts about each one did a little post about it. And mm -hmm. then each person also like, of course, tokenized it. So there's a, uh, they were all tokenized on known origin from what I remember. Okay. And, no and when right was now. that? This was about a year ago, a little more right. than a year ago. So I've only oh. been in this crypto art space for a, a little more than a year. Mm -hmm. And it feels like a million years have gone by already, which is really weird. True, yeah. I have the yeah. same feeling. It feels like it's been going on for, for a long while. But when you so, really think about it, it was like, oh, right, okay. It was only like... It was like yesterday, almost. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What, Tate was like no, November? Yes, it was, but yeah. I feel like it was like six months ago. So weird. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So then that group, we, we, invi like, um, we invited one more person and we had another person, we saw them, we got, it, it just kind of grew. And I think probably we're gonna stop now because once you get seven people, it's already kind of like, whoa. Um, uh, so we're not really sure if we wanna grow it, but, but then there was this, we were kind of languishing a bit. And then this, then this new platform came along called, actually what it was, it was, I said, I was kind of, it was kind of languishing. I felt we needed to kind of do something. And so mm -hmm. I had this idea, let's do something together. Let's really, let's, let's express who we are as a group. And uh, it came up um, Thursday, as I recall, Thursday to or Serena, who's uh, originally from, mostly from the data uh, collaboration um, mm -hmm. conversations. So um, uh, she said, let's do a totem project where we have, you know, each person does one part of the totem. We'll do multiple faces of the totem. And this is really amazing idea because it really, I mean, the idea of collaboration, how do you express that? How do you express, you know, like there's been artists like, you know, Bascat and, um, and Warhol did collaborations and you can kind of see each person's place. Um, in it. I'm just showing the work. Is it this one? Oh, yeah. that, okay, That's it. Sure. Yes. But this, now this is the funny part. So this is on a, we, we were trying to come up with which platforms are we going to use? Are we going to make each person is going to make their own version. Are we going to mix them together? We didn't know. And then this async platform came up and it was, um, it was inspiring because what you're seeing in this image is can be changed by the owner. So the owner, what he gets is he gets this composition, but he gets access to the different versions of this composition. So for example, the face on the bottom has, has five, has four other versions that they can display. So they can choose to change what that is, what's displayed there and so on and so forth with all the other layers, including mm -hmm. the background, which is part two parts and also some of the little elements like the bird and the plane and the tree. They're all things that can be modified by the person who buys the final artwork. <laughs> and so it was a really, what happened was that uh, there were some of us who got into async early on and it's the reason that it, it was good that they made, they didn't like get everybody in there right away because it's really complicated to, to use this tool still. It's not as, um, it's not very user-friendly. So there was a, so Sparrow, one of our groups, Sparrow or a black box, black box.art. She said, let's use my account to create this project because we can all just have like a token and we can all put this artwork in there. And so we, hey. Hi, today. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, um, so we said, this is a great way to like do something together where, where the piece can be changed constantly by the user so they can experience all these different aspects of who we are mm -hmm. as a collective. I mean, this is unimaginable actually like this, in the art world that would be up until now that has been impossible. So um, it was a great opportunity. It was, it was like the right time at the right place at the right moment to, to create this piece that was, and it was incredibly energizing. Everybody in the group was mm -hmm. like, some of people were busy so they couldn't participate and other, and other things, but that's fine. Um, and everybody was like really into it and like, okay, here's the template and here's how we're gonna do this. And, all their different versions and seeing them come in as they were coming in, everybody was really energized and it was, it mm -hmm. was incredibly inspiring. It was, it, it's what drove me to create the work that's there. I would, I don't usually do that kind of work, 
And that, that's what inspired me. I kind of rise to the occasion when it comes to certain things, when it comes to collective projects, I, I feel like it's really energizing. Like everybody has to kind of use their energy to, to, um, and, to make the you, work the best, make the work the best it can be. Yeah, yeah right? of course. Um, I was going to ask you, do you think that the uh, crypto community in a way has helped uh, getting artists more in a collaborative mood? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I mean. I, so how, how do you see? Because I, I know there's, there's a number of platforms out there and everyone is yeah, sort of trying I mean, to I, I, place works in different platforms and right. try to make a living as well. So how do, right. how do you see competition playing with collaboration? How does that work from an um, artist's point of view? Um, well, just from the nuts and bolts point of view, like if you tokenize a work on known origin, for example, you can include. <laughs> Bye, Mattia. Thank you for Bye, watching. Bye, Mattia. <laughs> Thanks for coming by. Um, you can, you can, if you tokenize a work on known origin, for example, you, you can share the profits. So you enter an address of the person who collaborated with you on it, splits the price, splits the mm -hmm. amount that's paid out. Mm -hmm. Um, other people can are just doing it. Can you yeah. split it by X amount of artists collaborating on the project? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you can do percentages. Never check that. But mm -hmm. uh, I think async can do this. I'm not sure. But this is definitely something that can be done. It's just a value. Mm -hmm. No, I yeah, mean, of course. I, I just wanted to sort yeah. of understand you as yeah. an artist. You know, these, would you go all, things are, uh, things for are collaboration or? Absolutely. These things are totally possible that you can say, okay, well, this person did X and I'm going to pay him 30%. And also he'll make, he'll make 30% um, on each resale, for example. Like uh, this is very important, the issue of, of okay, blackbox.art says not yet, but we will get there. Um, uh, yeah, I think we're not far, you know. Yeah, we, we're we got far. these far, so I don't think it's impossible to get there. I think artists, um, artists okay, says so uh, you can only do 50-50 on here. See, what would I do without my, my my posse, God, this is not an interview for me. This is everybody. <laughs> They're all backing me up. Because, um, you know, uh, but yeah, this this thing of this thing of being able to like specify where money goes and and where the royalties are going. The the blockchain does this really well, and thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Like on some level, on on that level, like it's 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 really um, it cemented this idea through technology that artists can be rewarded for their work. And, and TXC was a demonstration of that, of that possibility. Because the, 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 um, the work together on, on async art allows us to do that, we all. Mm -hmm. But actually, it actually doesn't do it automatically. So there is an element of trust because the communities that are developed, um, you don't just walk into a community, you know, and like walk on a Discord channel and go, hey, hey I wanna collaborate with someone. It doesn't work that way. The TXU is, was a, a year's worth of time, people really just just being with each other and talking and having conversations and noticing each other's affinity groups and seeing who, you know, what matches. And I mean, sometimes people will come, would come, I mean, the, the work that you displayed on the uh, Instagram feed is a mm -hmm. collaboration that I did with, with um, M, M. Libti, his name is, his real name. I won't say it because maybe he doesn't want to. He's not here, so I can't really say he will say, oh, yeah, it's fine. No, we won't disclose um, real names. Yeah. <laughs> only, only as directed. Um, and he just said, hey, you want to do some things together? And, and I like this work. And we both like each other. And 
and we'd spoken kind of here and there. So it was just, yeah, okay, I'll do it. It took a little time. We got around to it. It happens. So there's also a trust element to whether people develop with a trust. Uh, and, and I think that's important. I think the human, um, the human aspect can't be devalued. Like I would, just because I can split some, with someone, something with someone 50-50 doesn't mean I actually want to do something with them. Mm-hmm. Like you have Somebody to have just... a rapport, you know, you have to have some sort of, um, you have to have a rapport. I mean, that's the data thing too. It's, and the way data is brilliant. I'm, I'm going to talk up data now. I've invited them to have a chat live with us. Amazing. So coming up next. <laughs> data is amazing. Like data is amazing. Like they, they are the, they broke the barrier as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. They hold the bar high in terms of collaboration because it's this very, very, very narrow thing. Here's a tool that everybody can use. It's a little bit difficult to use, but it's worth your time because when you draw something, someone responds to you and mm-hmm. you, you start to see who is responding to you. There's like mm-hmm. a, he says, we'll do it. But I'll still say it anyway. <laughs> I think um, what is fascinating about data is that, you know, there's a narrative. And that narrative right. is like a, you know, a collaboration. So I remember when I was at drama school, there was this exercise where you sit next to each other and you write a line and then you fold the paper and then you pass it across. Right. You only read what the last person wrote. So you have no idea what's the storyline, right? Right. So there needs to be, in a way you know, a sort of communication without really using any verbal communication that you yeah. understand where where the group is going. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, with data, you need to be, even if you are, you know, living in different countries, speaking different languages, um, hours apart, still, you need to be connected. And that is a you know, is a great tool to experiment. Yeah. And that was, you know, the first time that people could draw together uh, for yeah. the first time, you know, in that, in that kind of um, common ground. Right. Um, so that was really, really beautiful. There, are um, other, there have been other tools for live, for live collaborative drawing um, and they do exist still. I think just Dada kind of nailed it in terms of delivering a format that made sense that had had the display to history like you can have a canvas when there's everybody's drawing but it's total chaos it's this mm-hmm. kind of like here's your frame but you need to have it work with the other frames there needs to be a cohesion and mm-hmm. people honor that cohesion i i even even i honor that cohesion and my sister's like never really was that a challenge for you to just, sort of take from i just i think what what i I think for me personally, like, I don't know if you've looked at what, what my work is like there. It's, it's very, like, um, it's very uh, non-figurative. Mm-hmm. I don't tend to follow the figurative in my work on Dada. But, uh, but apparently it's, other people think it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I try to do is I just fo- try to follow the, 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 um, the color palette and also the general flow of where it's going, and also more importantly, to provide the, 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 the opening for the next person. So I try mm-hmm. to f- provide a flow between the two, between the two points. And, and I think that's, uh, oh, and I think that's, um, I think that's, if you're just there, if you just, I mean, I just think I'm gonna give, give an example of like my previous 
incarnation as a live visual artist and be called VJing is when you're, when you're doing, when you're mixing video with someone, mm -hmm. you don't just put your image all over theirs. You, um, you, uh, you compliment their images, you know, and that's what it is. It's really about complimenting. It's not about trying to conform to what they're saying. It's about just trying to compliment what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And then that adds to the conversation. You're augmenting and, and, and complimenting, not, not uh, trying to say, oh, no, 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 now it's me. You know, you have mm -hmm. lots of me there to work with. You just, you should also be considerate of the other person. It's like mm -hmm. passing on the, the duchy. Yeah, I think what we are, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what we're experiencing now, even, you know, because of the circumstances we're all living in is that there's a, there's a need of uh, expressing yourself through collaborations uh, because a, there's a, you know, a limit to what we can do from our homes uh, and B, you know, the economy is a question mark. Like we don't know really what's going to happen. So probably the only way forward is by supporting each other. Um, right. in some ways. So I was, um, I was uh, listening to a webinar last night from the Observer Art uh, section and uh, there were a number of galleries and museums and art fairs talking to each other and asking whether they were up for collaborations, you know, in these times, in these circumstances, or not really. Um, and what I found interesting is that everyone is sort of keen on protecting their own brand. You know, mm. they don't want to copy each other. They don't want to do the same thing because, of course, they need to dif 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 uh, differentiate the offer. <laughs> uh, but in a way, if you don't support each other, it's going to be extremely difficult for, for all of us uh, to keep going. Um, right. So, you know, there was a question that came through earlier. Um, and the question is, more platforms are offering collaborations tool. Do you think this is because the artists are asking for it? So it is obvious that there's a, there's a need of um, staying connected and uh, be collaborative. But do you think that by providing multiple platforms and multiple opportunities, artists will still be motivated to do so? And, you know, as a follow-up to this question, do you think that artists would sort of lose their own personality or their own way of creating because they need to be um, supportive to one another? Mm. Wow, big question. Well, my first answer is I don't know. <laughs> But the other and the, it's good not it's, to know. I think no one knows. <laughs> I, I think I think that um, I think that there's no reason not to try things. Like mm -hmm. if you just start out by saying no, then what have you learned? You've learned nothing. Mm -hmm. if you, but if you say yes and you give it a give it a chance, I mean, I find it inspiring. For example, in the in in the podcast world, which I spent a lot. Of, quite a bit of time and not a wide variety, but some of them, a lot of them collaborate on, on things because they know that if one person listens to their podcast and hears this other interesting thing, they'll go and listen to that podcast. So mm -hmm. True. Why, why hold it sacred? Like who benefits? Especially if you're struggling, if you're trying to figure out how to get this, uh, someone in this group, uh, I mean, I don't know if they're still here, but uh, as, a friend, as a friend of mine and then here is Mexican painter. Um, and he was talking about how like for a while, 
he and his friend were not going to talk to anybody and just be in their little, like, totally, like, isolated. And we're just going to be like, what are we are people? And he said, after a while, like, we were just starving. Mm. <laughs> so we just, we just gave up. We said, we, you, you can't, the ideal of being this kind of, you know, completely detached entity from the rest of the world doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So yeah, let's let's try things. If it doesn't work, you try it with someone else, or you, I don't know. Just try things. Any, you know, like that's the thing. Keep it going. Mix it together. I mean, we didn't. If we're not here at in this place in, at this point in time because we all isolate ourselves, we're here because. Uh, we all collaborated on some of all this building, this whole building was a collaboration. It was built, maybe the reasons, the intent wasn't totally, um, how do you say, like, uh, for good intentions necessarily, but mm -hmm. it wouldn't be here if we didn't collaborate, mm -hmm. you know. And how this do you iPad think this? Everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm quite curious to to develop this concept because, you know, in crypto art, you know, it's finally where artists can get rewarded for what they do and you yeah. know there's all transparency and you can trace it uh yeah. you can get rewarded for royalties you know mm -hmm. after the first sale and so forth all good things. so all good, all good things. things yes yeah. um in a way you know it makes you realize that if in the outside world where things like this you had to fight to mm -hmm. to guarantee for yourself um, in the blockchain crypto art space, it seems that it's given, you know, this is what the technology provides. And then mm -hmm. you as an artist, you know, you, you, you have more trust towards the community. But how yeah. do you think like the isolation that we're experiencing right now and post isolation, this would yeah. play, you know, because I think in a way it was very self-centered, like, okay, now I can be myself. I can be an artist. I can mm -hmm. support my own no, art I mean, by this doing is, this, this or this, yeah i mean or was that a false, maybe for some um, yeah no maybe for some okay i mean i think that the crisis hasn't affected the crypto art world at all i think they've just been like oh great i get to stay at home and make my art now <laughs> that's basically even more happened. <laughs> it was like <laughs> um yeah. uh, the other the other part of it is i think that uh to to there are some people who have entered the crypto art scene with whose work whose work is very like really catches on to the like the zeitgeist of things and they're like oh everybody loves that and they, they make they've been making good money uh some people not so much i, I wouldn't put my, the cat, my myself in the category of someone who is a, a lambo man you know mm -hmm. um but i certainly enjoyed some of the fruits of that and and i even for a little bit i kind of just distanced myself because i was getting too much noise in my head with all these different chat environments and you know, it was like, uh, you just, you don't have time, actually. It takes up time to do that. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to kind of fo more focus my time on specific people to build up uh, a group of people because we're still human. You can have the blockchain all you want, but you're still human. And if you want to, you know, if you want to, um, you still have to network. You still have to talk to people and you still have to, we, we, we're having a conversation now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you and I, like, that's yeah. a thing. I mean, to, I try to, I, I try not, I've always not liked networking, you know, I've never liked, enjoyed going out and like having to go to every opening and be, be seen. I, and that's, I don't love that. But I've also worked many years in, in um, 
quote unquote social networking and managing like group, like groups of working with groups of people online. I've worked from worked from home for seven years. And the importance of even just a simple message of being present has a, a value that I cannot stress, you know, being present for people, other people, even online is like, just, you know, just responding to an email has such value that you know there's someone behind it. It's not like when you call the company and it's like this robot saying, so, and that's actually kind of convenient because it's really boring. But I used to get on people with a phone and they'd be like, oh, sir, and I, I like start talking to them. I'm like, so how's your day? Oh, it's fine. You know, and it, it like be human, break, break mm -hmm. the whole like, yeah. hi, hello. And, you know, like break it, like break it. Break it as much I as think, you can and, and be human, yeah, you know? Yeah, I think and in I a think way, you can't what take we're living that away. now is a, yeah, it's a great lesson because it's, it's teaching us, all of us, that uh, we have no other option than doing a live in, in our kitchen, in our living room. So it's kind of like exposing ourselves, yeah. you know, to say, well, well maybe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's like maybe all this formality doesn't really do anything or maybe we should be more right. uh human yeah you know using technology but with humanity maybe we should just be vulnerable too on some level like, yeah I allow mean, ourselves to this is the thing i like about about matias he's he's one of the people who's like so i would say brutally honest on, mm. on twitter and he's just like you know like one of his things is like no bids no love i would never write that <laughs> but I understand, like the, the I understand the motivation behind it. You know, like you yeah. make something, you spend all your time, you, you bust your butt, and you you break up on your heart, and it's really it's really easy to just kind of just put a rainbow on it. But actually, no, it's it's hard work, and you know, like here, here you go, here yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's really important. It, um, yeah, uh, that's that's um that that. that I, this whole work, like the whole idea of authenticity and uh, and being uh, really genuine and being real is really an important component uh, of, of that. And so you can have the blockchain and it does, you know, it does codify that thing of like, okay, so let's say I did a design for someone on a, on a project and then I have to send them an invoice and, and I have to wait for the invoice to be paid. And then you have this huge amount of time that you're just like stressed out for no reason because you know, you're going to get paid because otherwise you have to go, you're going to have to go get a lawyer and they don't want the lawyer. They just going to pay you. Right. But there's such, such amount of stress to, to like do that. To, it just wastes emotional. It's emotional taxation in a way. And, mm -hmm. and the, 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 instant gratification of of putting your work online someone bidding on it someone buying on it just cuts all of that out i can move on to the next thing now you know oh someone didn't buy it okay i'll make something mm -hmm. else you know and you just keep on throwing things at it and see what works mm -hmm. you know but you also want to be true to yourself you don't want to be completely like compliance to your mm -hmm. client you know to who your collectors are i think that's that's a different problem that that's another issue i think um about the money thing too. Uh, but I think, I think really like the comment on a lot of people, I mean, there's nobody making, there's not many people making a really making a living off of this stuff yet. Um, but uh, so the, 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 uh, the core of it is really just having fun and being creative still, I think. And I think once it, once that goes away, then, then we, then that's a loss in a way. 
So we need, I think, I think there needs to be uh, ways of making that work better so that people can feel comfortable about really, about really digging deep and, and saying something that's, that's had, uh, developing a voice that's truly them mm -hmm. and not being, not being um, subservient to some, some, uh, some sort of trend mm -hmm. or, or, um, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that you, you decide, oh, that makes money, so I'll do that. That's, that doesn't, it doesn't, for me personally, doesn't work. You know? um, mm -hmm. In terms of losing yourself inside your identity, inside this larger thing, I think with the TXC, we've proven that that's not true because we've all done something together and we each all have our own voice and, and it works within that. So you, like, as like what Eleanor is saying, it's, it's the democracy of art, not anarchy democracy. You have mm -hmm. all the same tools and time, possibility space, now you can make art and communicate dialogue, and that's exactly what we we did uh, in that in that. Um, yeah, that's that, a, that that's group. a great comment. I'm missing yeah. all of these things. I'm seeing all these hellos and stuff from people. There's the <laughs> angels and uh, Frau Kim, who is a really amazing um, curator who has an art bookstore in, the, in Berlin. Um, who else is here? Just looking. There's uh, art by Malo, art even art by Malo. All the other crypto art people, Chinaguso, California, yeah. all, nice, all friends, so, people I've known only for Instagram too. Like there's a whole community on Instagram that has nothing to do with crypto mm -hmm. art. Yeah. I, yeah. If anyone watching has questions, we've got about 10 minutes. Um, so please send them through now. It's <laughs> only because Instagram is going to cut us out. That's why. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, do have a couple of questions actually one is uh we haven't talked about your you as as an artist and your forget art, about it you know i was uh i was actually curious to ask you about your technique and you know choice of colors and and forums and but i think that's gonna take another full hour uh but <laughs> we can just do it really fast yes no maybe <laughs> Uh, but I was really moved by these work. I'm going to show it on the screen so that people can see it. So this one, when I saw it, I was just, uh, I couldn't stop staring at it. Don't why? Ask me why? I don't know. But I really that's not, liked that's it. That's like just a section of one of the pieces. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> but I, I was really intrigued by that. Um, yeah. I can probably maybe show it here. There you go. So that people can see it while we talk, um, but yeah, can you can you tell me a bit more about this work? So this is this is this is, this is a little like segment that I pulled out of the uh, uh, um, the totem piece just to tease people on Instagram. Okay, <laughs> but but. I mean, there's two, this, I chose the, the four, ele four elements on my mm -hmm. totem. So everybody mm -hmm. chose different subjects. Everybody went with different things. And some went, was like, uh, uh, some, some, some people chose more, more sort of, how do you say, like, uh, I think uh, Ficinas chose like an like egg as his, 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 as his lower one. I went with just elements. So I was just like, wow, I'll just do elements. So there's water and earth and fire and wind. And mm -hmm. this is a little segment of the water spirit. So it's very video gamey, actually. I ne almost never do something like this. And then the above mm -hmm. that is fire. And then there's an agave plant 
which was another element that was kind of on top of the of the grass thing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of what <laughs> I wasn't going, I wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm going to paint in the style of so and so. I think there are certain things like I when I look, do you familiar with Genesis, the group Genesis? Mm -hmm. Very. So yes, the early them. works, you know, the mm -hmm. early albums before Phil Collins took over. Yeah. So they had this out, they have these really great album covers that were very much like in line with the way uh, Salvador Dali painted and Dishirico painted um, surrealist paintings. So what emerged was I felt like I was creating something in homage to these people, their style of painting, you know. Wow. Um, and okay. so it, that, that kind of, um, that kind of, how do you say, like Spartan sort of, there's nobody there and mm. sort of elements floating around in this weird way. And agave plant that I have a strong affinity for because because uh, we spent some time in Mexico and I know you can make alcohol with it. So mm -hmm. it's like almost like a sort of drug in a way. Uh, I wanted that part of it. Mostly because I like the idea of like America, South America and the sort of the, the vegetation there is I'm fascinated with that and fascinated with, with plants in general. Um, and just fascinated with, with, with elements and earth and all these things that in a way that technology kind of deprives us of, in a way of, of sensing. And so it was a celebration of those elements um, on it. Yeah. And I, I guess I conveyed it in some, in some way. You, know? you did I, very well. I don't, and I, I don't I, generally you know. <laughs> paint like that. <laughs> and also the thing. Okay. That I so, like that. so it's like mm. a thing of like, it's a thing of like, because I was doing this project with a bunch of people, it inspired me to do things I had never done before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's very that's, interesting. Yeah, that's the first project that we did together. Um, with that wasn't called TXU before it was called TXU. It was called like I don't know, like dry land. So dry in the word in in in, in German is three. So three land. So Mattia was mm. doing the land. Rodolfo was doing the land. I was doing the land. We we're doing different parts of the land. And and so they were, we were called dry land. So it, I did something in that piece that doesn't I don't usually do either. You know that that collaboration created something that uh, you know I'm not afraid of just going. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not afraid of just going and doing something that that doesn't fit my 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 style. You know, mm -hmm. there's no mm -hmm. I like you know I like I'll go I'll go anyway. And if it's for mm -hmm. me, it's another thing. I'm not mm -hmm. afraid. I, I, I don't like the idea of being afraid to not try something that doesn't fit the whatever narrative of, of what I'm doing. I feel I feel like the freedom for me, my free, my freedom comes from being able to just do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. And whatever, I, it doesn't matter. I'm not I, I don't, I'm not subservient to a market. In a way. There's a yeah, thank you so much for that. Uh description of the work uh i really you know <laughs> okay. I, I, me personally i really liked it okay. and um yeah it, it communicates a lot and mm -hmm. yeah i really i'm just it. curious now what it communicates um, to you though like, okay well so to just... me sorry i was switching okay. it to something else no, 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 I, I saw the question from martin um to me i like the composition that's mm. what strikes me the most you know the the water and the fire and the fact that the fire is sitting on top of the water <laughs> and you know the 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 background these very 
plain sky, which is kind of like two dimensions, so it has no mm -hmm. perspective, you know, to me it feels mm -hmm. like a very flat and in front, right, right at the front, there's the water and the fire. And, um, and then you've got these elements with the agave, which is kind of random. So it, it resembles a surrealist painting, uh, mm -hmm. but at the same time... Which you respond you know, to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, the, the, the colors, the elements are really well balanced. Um, and it's calming, but at the same time, it's also quite... It, it sort of builds anxiety uh, because you can see the instability of the fire and the water elements, which is, you know, also the portions on the, on the picture, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's more water than fire. I don't know. It brings us sort of um, anxiety to me mm -hmm. and then is opposed to a more calming and reassuring background, although it seems more fake and less vivid. Um, hmm. That was my interpretation. I don't know, but That's I just cool. I really, That's I really liked cool. it. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> Good. I also wanted to show this one because I know I'm aware we only have a few minutes. Uh, right. But Martin was because asking what inspires you and guides you in your drawing shapes, in, in your oh, drawn shapes. So yeah, um, when we make this kind of work that we're seeing right now, how right. do you get inspired in Oof. terms of the shapes and the colors? I mean, um, I mean, in terms of just the uh, just the inspiration, really fast now. I mean, uh, I, I've always been fascinated by sort of by abstract painters and that whole tradition of, of quote unquote modern art. Um, a particular artist who really, really drives me now is as. Uh, Roberto Berlin Marx, who was a garden designer from Brazil. Um, the, what, he did, what he did with form just kind of blows my mind. Just that he used plants and uh, to create these, they're gardens, but they're like paintings. And, and it just, the, the knowledge that you have to have to do that is it's just, just blows my mind. I don't know. I'm working What's on the name again? What's the... Uh, it was, his name is Robert, was Roberto Berlin Marx, mm -hmm. and he was a friend of Oscar Niemeyer. I mean, the things that inspire me a lot are, are kind of modernist architecture and uh, the, this kind of whole, but a very, um, the more human, not brutalist, but modernist architecture. The whole usage of form, these forms that, that, that were so alien to, to, to our culture up until that point, they were just so completely new. Um, I just have a incredible reverence for what some of these people did, especially architects, and particularly Roberto Berlin Marx. He had some retrospectives. Um, he had a, a retrospective, I think it was in New York, and he had a, like an exhibition here in Berlin, small one. Um, I saw some of his gardens in Brazil because my wife and I were in Brazil, uh, and then I walked. He did. He did the. He did the the uh, promenades in uh, in um, in Rio de Janeiro at the Copacabana and I've walked these promenades and, and it's, it's so incredible that the movement when you're walking on these things and if you're aware of it, the movement of the forms as you're walking through this space, there was also a, a kind of version of his garden that was done in, um, at the Botanical Garden in New York and I had a chance to see. Uh, the, he also had like a really, so in addition to being like a painter and a designer, he also had a deep appreciation and knowledge of plants 
And so he understood all of the relationships that the plants had to each other. Just waiting for the Oh my video. God. Okay, we're back online. <laughs> Roberto, for Ebismus, uh, uh, Roberto Berla Marx. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm building, Thank a, you. Um, I'm building a garden um, in a tribute, a tribute to, uh, that's a tribute to him on CryptoVoxel at the moment. Oh, you're building uh, a garden. Okay, in there. Yeah, on CryptoVoxels. Okay. That is, that is a tribute to him, uh, his work. Mm -hmm. um, it's more about discovering how he thinks through doing that on some level. Mm -hmm. yeah. And do you think Fun. he can sort of reproduce the, um, nah. you know, the design into CryptoVoxel I, or at least the experience, you know, sort of resembling that experience by try. walking in a garden into, okay. We're just gonna find out. I mean, it's really. It's. I started like. I started about. I started. I did an earlier version about it. About a. Um, I don't know how long ago. Less than a year ago, I started. I did the first version, and then I, I decided I really wanted to do more, and I got permission to build to the on the plot next to it. So I contacted the guy, and he gave me permission to expand it because he likes gardens. Um, so. It's been. A, I mean, at first I was intimidated, but now I'm kind of really absorbed in it and looking at the photos mm. of his, his gardens and, and looking at different plants and like it has a very strong thing of, 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 of making me really pay attention more to details. Yeah. So the painting is basically kind of a little bit in that respect in the way I, I paint is, is when I drew, drew the, when I drew the, the original thing in the background, the black, it was for a book for the uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, Brooklyn Sketchbook Project, the Brooklyn Library Sketchbook Project, and then um, I was building on top of that. But whenever I do these things, it's it's um, I do something and then I I see where it takes me next. Basically, it, it's it's a it's um, I like to think of it's it's an organic and procedural process, and not a mm -hmm. not one where it's planned out. And, and the same applies to just like looking and stepping in, moving out, stepping in again, further augmentation through rendering and seeing what works. Um, it's, a it's a dialogue. You're having a dialogue with, with the material and you're seeing what it can do and what, how you're going to respond to it. And, you know, I think it's like this kind of very slow building up of, a, of something. It's, it's real painting. That's what real painting is in my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean... I admire people who do things more formal and more, you know, with more, um, you know, with like uh, uh, figurative works. And, and I'm, I will maybe get into that in the future. But uh, but right now, it's this real procedural process of, you know, deciding what mm -hmm. goes where and where it's going to take me. And sometimes it takes me in a different direction than I was originally planning. And that's totally fine. It's just being open to the process and. I won't. I, I right now. That's where I'm at, as far as I'm concerned. Like yeah. that's that's where my really my where my heart is because I I I love that this process of discovery. I love that more than anything. Mm -hmm. I love these forms. I, it's a it's a discussion I'm having with myself. It's something that's deep within myself. It's true. It's 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 really what I enjoy doing more than anything else at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I find it really fascinating getting lost in these shapes and colors and. Uh, yeah, it feels very natural and you can read it even though I think everyone can sort of, you know, be in contact with these work at on on different levels, you know, 
So mm -hmm. um, I think there's, there's different interpretations. Um, and I was also interested in the, in the selection of colors because, you know, everyone has sort of uh, a way of um, giving more importance to some colors uh, as opposed to others. You know, you can, you can maybe see more the yellow, the blue or the black, you know, and leave the rest out. So I was quite interested on how you balance the colors or if that is also part of your flow uh, work, you know, sort of going with the flow with, and then. I had a lot of trouble with colors for a long time. I, I, was, I was tested and it, they, they told me that I, um, I was, a, I was, I went to the, I was, I was living in, in Israel at the time. I, I, as a young teenager and then they tested you for the army and then went to the army the testing station they said i was colorblind mm -hmm. <laughs> but it wasn't true because i can't see colors um i just can't see certain variations of colors uh, i spent a lot of time deliberating over that for a long time i was just drawing black and white and then mm -hmm. uh, i decided at one point i was like okay i've, I've had enough of drawing black and white i really want to pursue colors and i went and started playing with colors and um for this kind of uh, daily art project that I was working on, I devised, uh, I would, I bought like 12 colors and then I just said, I'm just gonna roll the, I'm gonna decide whatever colors I want. And I actually spent some time reading about colors and how they work and how one should treat colors in painting. And um, one of them was, was like, you should have a palette, <laughs> you know, like focus it. So, you know, if you want to move, do this and you can do this and this and this and this and this. Okay, great, YouTube, yay, I learned something new. And then I started to pursue that angle of, using less colors and just using, mm -hmm. you know, like just use two colors and see what happens. They get just really, you know, this is the thing I learned from, I learn as I go on, I'll learn like, from, for example, the filmmaker Stan Brakhage, who just decided that he was gonna make really simple films with as, with as little as possible so that he could really focus on what film is and how you can really express it as, as as you would with painting, because painting, paintings are not made by hundreds of people. They're made by, like in Hollywood film, they're made by one person. And so it's this mm -hmm. very personal relationship. And so you have to, if, you, if you're just doing it for yourself, you have to develop, figure out what that dialogue is that you're having with the material. And, uh, and, and it's good to sort of narrow it down to very basic things so that you can really stop and listen and observe and mm -hmm. have this very slow, very deep, meaningful dialogue with yourself. I think it's really precious. I encourage anyone to do that if they have the need to do that, you know, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really narrow it down and then see where, see where it takes you. It's, it's, yeah. it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of um, patience um, to do that. And it takes time. It takes a lot of mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you see this one work, that was the last of a series of whole, of like, I don't know, like 12 different images that I chose, chose from a book of like, I don't know how many, 32 drawings. So I had to narrow it down. And then this last one is the one that everybody was like, oh, but you know, there's a whole narrative of like different color combinations to see what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, there's a whole, sometimes I did this and sometimes I did that. And so and then this, this is the quote unquote payoff, but there's a whole other story that keeps on going on with other pieces. I have three different channels of this kind of painting that I'm working in, you know, that that's one is just, it's called the square series and one's called the make it beautiful series. And one is just two tones always. And the other one is like, mm -hmm. 
bunch of stuff, but with different brushes. So there's different textures and different feelings that I can try to get out. How can I coax the painting to do that? Some of them are from pencil drawings, you know, like it's just the, the, I would say like the, the, that's even with your programming, that's something you have to do. You know, mm -hmm. you just mm -hmm. spend a lot of time just working and working and working and working. It's not, it doesn't happen like that. It doesn't, it doesn't happen in a snap. It's hard work. It's like, it's just hard work. <laughs> There's no easy way around yeah. it. I mean, you know that yeah. from your own work. You've studied to be a curator. You've studied to do this. You studied this. You, you know, it's like, yeah, it's work. Takes time, you passion, you do it because you love energy. It, because it pays the bills, and right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I could have done something else, but uh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, um, Martin's um, asking if you're working yeah, we'll on any this, other work. And then we'll go because I'm. I'm yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for <laughs> so, keeping you so long. No, so this is um, book number two, and um, last year I did a whole series of kind of daily art projects, and so this is the. Um, well, I, what I did was I did several different projects last year uh, for daily for the daily artwork pieces and last mm -hmm. year and so I did these black and black on white shapes every day last year and they're all numbered they're all numbered mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and I decided to make myself my life easy <laughs> good and just do just do white augmentations of the drawings so that's what I'm doing on a daily basis and uh, to this year. So you're going back to the drawings and do the yeah. white augmentation yeah. on yeah, them. Yeah, and I have mm -hmm. five, five of the four or five of these books that I've done. I, I planned out, and it's it, mm -hmm. it, I get up in the morning and it's the first thing I do. I have my and coffee. And at least then, sorry. Yeah, no. I was just gonna ask if these then become part of a bigger composition or do they just <laughs> don't stay? Know yet, do we? <laughs> we don't know yet. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I, since I, I didn't, wasn't, I had grand plans for many years. Uh, what I want to do with this, with these particular pieces is I have a friend um, who, uh, who makes books, mm -hmm. like books, hand bound books. And the idea is to do four books that I would work over for four years. So I would have these four books that would represent the whole year. And then every, every year for four years, I would just add something to that, to one page in, those, mm -hmm. in that book. So each day is represents. So I was thinking of using those books, the forms that I wrote in those books and I've drawn those books as uh, stamps. So that was like stamped with a different color on that day, that particular shape. Like that's mm -hmm. like yesterday's shape was, uh, let's see, today's, tomorrow's shape is this shape. And I would make a rubber stamp of that shape. And then in my book for that four years, I would stamp with one color. And then the next year I would stamp with a different color. And then at the end of the four years, you would have four different colors of that stamp on that page. Something like something like that, really systematizing, like doing all these weird systemizations that, and some there would be maybe a box with text and then there would be something else. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I'm going with that, I think. And I think this is kind of, this stuff is kind of like a library of forms that I've, you know, like there's so many different ones, you know, to play and I can, I can, I can do things with these things, but what I do with them is another story. Where does it fit? Does it make sense? Does this, does this have any meaning for other, for someone else, else other than myself? I don't know. 
Um, I think those are questions I have for myself as I'm doing them. But to do them, to not do them is not even a question anymore. Mm -hmm. That for me, that's not even whether what a value it has or whatever, it doesn't matter to me anymore. I, I, it's beyond, it's, um, yeah. And when Lenara says they do make nice profile pics, so <laughs> I can have, I can have, I'm supplied with profile pics for the next, you know, for the rest of my life, really. You know, that was the whole pro the whole point. There were two points about doing daily art projects. One was to get into the, into the, into the practice of doing something every day. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you're distracted. Sometimes you have to run off somewhere. You have to travel. And you don't. But if you have this practice that demands of you, just like it's really like in a monster. It's like you don't like do practice, this. I'm going to yeah. make you miserable. <laughs> so, so it's really like you do it, and then and then everything else is. And then you have the rest of the day. And but you also like do it because you're enjoying it. I yes, suppose. absolutely. It's it's a yeah. sense of like doing something. It's like having a to do list and going. Okay, I've done that today. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not just. Yeah, it's not just yeah. about being demanding to yourself. It's also yeah. because you want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, and that impulse is, is uh, it, see that the, the impulse is so I don't even know where it comes from anymore. It's it's it become it has its own momentum. It's like a snowball. It's there, yeah. At that point, yeah. yeah. And it's also like this idea of having this kind of crazy body of body of work. You know, mm -hmm. that, you know, it has you've just done so all this stuff, so you feel really good about yourself. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's um, it's just it's become essential, and I'm really happy that I've incorporated it into my daily my daily uh, routines. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay. Good. We okay. Well, thank you. It's been <laughs> such sure a great conversation. It was, it yeah. was great talking to you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. And, thank uh, you, and thank you for. Ones. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for everyone, um, everyone that joined us and asked questions and shared comments with us. Um, much appreciated. Okay. Thank you. Take Lan. care. Everyone. Take care. Bye.